Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sayreville Church podcast. This is Pastor Paul Seymour. I am one of the elders here and pastor of music at the church, and I'm here with my good good friend, uh, Pastor Kurt DeGraff. He is the counseling pastor here. How are you doing, Pastor Kurt? I'm doing well, and hello <laughs> to everybody. It's great to have you back as we contemplate, consider, discuss what we uh, preached about on Sunday yes. on the Shield of Faith, uh, part of the whole armor of God that the Lord has equipped us for. Did a great job. Thank you very great much. Great job. It was a blessing to me, for sure. Hey, Paul, I got a question for you. <laughs> okay. I'll kind of kick off okay. our, <laughs> our podcast today because we've got the Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Who are you rooting for and why are you rooting for that team? Well, I'm going for my hometown team. I'm going for the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland all the way. We're taking the dog pound to the Super Bowl. No, I, I didn't realize the Browns <laughs> were playing. I missed something somewhere along the line. Uh, that was that was a dream of mine. It's one of those <laughs> dreams. No, that will probably never happen, at least in my lifetime, and I'm okay with that. I've made peace with it. But they've got great players. What, what's up with that? <laughs> I don't know. They say Cleveland is the place quarterbacks go to die. So uh, coaches as well. Or at least they become great after they leave Cleveland. So. But no, I I uh, I'm probably gonna gonna stick with the uh, the Chiefs because so many of my friends around here are, are for the Chiefs and I'm for my friends. So. That's smart. They won't <laughs> boo you down on Sunday when you That's lead us right. in worship. It's self preservation <laughs> right there. Yes. Hey, uh, I know you've enjoyed playing sports, and so have I. Yes. Uh, we talked about arming yourself by putting on various portions of of uh, of equipment to protect yourself. When you played sports, did you ever wear pads of any sort? Sure, yeah. I, I was a sometime football player. I only played a couple years uh, and broke my finger on my shooting hand, and I was the basketball player, so I, I quit after <laughs> that. But certainly wore a lot of pads in football, uh, as as you do. I played soccer a little bit and wore the the shin pads because those were the those were very important because we got kicked there quite a bit. So, yeah, uh, there's a lot of stuff that we wore to to protect ourselves and uh, even a couple pads on knees and things for basketball. Is that's a it is a contact sport, contrary to popular belief, right? <laughs> Basketball's very contact. I played some football, too, uh, and I was glad for the padding I had. What position did you play, Pastor Kurt? I, I played split end, I should say defensive end, and then also tight end. Okay. And enjoyed playing uh but I was glad I had pads on when I played guys that were bigger than me because they would have knocked me halfway across the, the field if I hadn't had some pads on me. Yeah, those tight ends go across the middle sometimes. <laughs> you get pummeled there in the middle if you're not careful. They do. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, well, hey, you. Be, speaking of the pads, right, we are talking about armor. Yeah. Um, you preach from Ephesians chapter 6. We are going through a, a series on Ephesians and the whole armor of God. And and that's what we were talking about. You 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 uh, kept taking us through that on Sunday. So why don't you just take off from there? T- tell us some stuff that's uh, that God's laid on your heart even since the message on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big believer in self-awareness. Mm. If we don't know where we are, we don't know how to correct it with the help of God. And I think it's really important for us to identify our vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, as I mentioned on Sunday, patently um, aware of where I have weaknesses that the, the enemy targets. And you probably do too, Paul. We, we've done some podcasts I think before. I've won, I think. No, <laughs> I have a lot of them too, for sure, yes. And I think we probably share a few <laughs> of our vulnerabilities. So let's talk transparently, the both of us, about Maybe some of the areas of our weaknesses. I, I used some D words in the message on Sunday. Uh, 
you relate to any of those at all? Well, um, why don't you go ahead just for our listeners' sake? Well, can you just remind the yeah. listeners of, of sure. go through that list real quick? Uh, this is not exhaustive of everything I shared on Sunday, but I, I included the words, <clears throat> excuse me, doubt, a discouragement slash depression, a delay, disorientation, where in a sense uh, we kind of have the enemy gaslighting us and making us think we're crazy and we kind of start to believe lies Mm -hmm. about ourselves, the Christian life, and about the gospel and the word of God. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are some things that uh, I would highlight here at this point. Yeah, I'm sure many people can relate with with at least one of those and probably, if we're honest, probably all of them at some time. Um, For me, as you went through those, you know, of course, people have heard our podcast before. I think if they've paid attention to this podcast, um, we've talked about depression and how you and I share some of the same wiring. Yeah. And um, and I think you know that discouragement one is probably the the biggest one for me. You know, I I tend to um, I'm one of those you know glass half empty type of people um, the the way I'm wired, and I tend to uh, in in my corner of the world on Sundays, for example, you know the the whole all the music can go great. And if I hit one bum note or one wrong chord or start the song on the wrong capo or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing that's going to stick out to me. And so I let those, um, even sometimes minuscule things, kind of take over and cloud even the successes that might have happened during that day. So I tend to struggle with discouragement, um, and and I need to you know discipline myself to to um, to look at the the the, the good things the the. Um, the hope that I have in Christ as opposed to just looking at the things that go wrong. You, you and I both minister together in the counseling ministry. Uh, how many people struggle in your estimation mm. with discouragement, depression, anxiety? I, I, any idea? You know, I, it's, it's a large chunk. You know, I, I go back to, you know, we talk a lot about that first Corinthians ten thirteen is one of the big counseling verses that we deal with a lot. And uh, it, for those of you that don't know, it says, no temptation has taken you except what is common to man, but God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you are able. But when you are tempted, he'll ride away out so that you can stand up under it. And so that first part is really poignant when you ask that question, Kurt. It's, it's no temptation has taken you except what is common to man, right? You made the point in your, your sermon on Sunday that the things that you are going through, they're not unique to you. Mm-hmm. But the thing about the discouragement is it seems that way. That, that you're the only one in the hole, right? Um, but, you know, in my estimation, there's, there's uh, I guess I should say, a lot of people, uh, particularly in our church, but I think culture culturally um, wide as well. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, uh, especially in recent years with the, uh, maybe the even greater pandemic that's happened with, uh, with emotional issues and, and depression and, and anxiety and things. Um, but there's a lot of people, and if you're out there thinking that you're the only one struggling with this, um, you are very wrong and you are very not alone um, in that. So that's I've definitely learned that um, in my own struggles and just talking to people. Because as we've said, Kurt, once you talk about your own struggles, people sort of come out of the woodwork and they let you in on their struggle. Like, hey, that's that's me too, you know? And there's a comfort in that. So it's Quite, quite frankly, I, I, I perceive that it's almost epidemic. Yeah in our culture, and that includes the church. Um, I I am always pleased to interact with people after I preach, and there was something of a flood of folks coming to me with a show of emotion. There were a lot of tears. 
folks going through deep waters. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think when you touch a nerve like that, the message was given to that mm-hmm. because Satan is targeting believers with some of these problems. It, it does float to the surface, and uh, we then have to deal with it, not only in the moment, but in the counseling office. And we're pleased to do so. Yeah. We, we always are happy to try to help people, even as the Lord has helped us. But we haven't arrived you and I both deal with the stinking thinking, just <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. like other 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 people do That's as right. well. It's a battle for the mind. Yep, you gotta fight it every day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We are transformed by the renewing of our mind, according to Romans chapter twelve, and that's where the word comes in. Um, how has the support of the church been instrumental in helping you with some areas of your vulnerability, Pastor Paul? Well. You know the 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 stinking thinking, as you refer to it, um, it's it's lies, right? It's yeah, it's it telling is. yourself lies, mm-hmm. or it's believing the lies of the enemy. So the only thing that can combat lies is truth. And so mm-hmm. um, the, the the people in this church, is particularly when I was going through some deep waters, you know, they were the ones that came to me and surrounded me with truth, right? Um, not writing me off, not throwing me under the bus, not you know, as as we say, shooting your wounded. We don't do that. Uh, we realize that people do get wounded because we are in a war, right? That's why we talk about armor. <laughs> We're in a battle and people get wounded. And so what we need most is uh, fellow believers to come alongside of us and speak the truth in love, as Scripture tells us to do. Um, n- not shying away from saying hard things, but um, you know, being compassionate when it's time to be compassionate, giving a hard word when it's time to give a hard word. I've had all those things given me by my brothers and sisters around here. Um, for sure, and I'm, you know, eternally thankful for that. I, I think it's important if I can just back up to the self-awareness factor, the vulnerability factor yeah. again, to recognize when the enemy is uh, going to attack. Yeah, a- and uh, we we use some acronyms in the counseling world. Um, this is one that's familiar. It's called BLAST. The enemy is going to attack you when you're bored. <laughs> lonely, angry, stressed, or tired. Mm-hmm. Another acronym would be HALT, when you're hungry, angry. Sometimes we combine those. Hangry. Hangry, yeah. <laughs> Lonely or tired. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm counseling, I'll confess to people, if I go home after a particularly stressful day yeah. and I feel really fatigued, mm-hmm. I actually can say to myself, I feel like I'm crabby. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm irritable. And if I'm not careful, I'm going to say something, for example, to my wife that I wish I had not said <laughs> because, you know, it's kind of raw. I'm, I'm just kind of wiped out. Yeah. And that lowers your resistance. Yeah. And you actually have to keep talking to yourself. Keep talking to yourself. No, don't give in. Don't yield. We are to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and do not make provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Now, we often think in terms of more, shall I say, salacious kind of desires, Mm -hmm. sexual or whatever. But frankly, just being an angry kind of a person to live with is still yielding to the flesh. And that's where Satan, he kind of lands those those, uh, darts, those fiery darts by... uh, getting us into a, a kind of a, a state of mind where we're feeling sorry for ourselves, 
and, and, and then we, we start to feel like we're picked on and maybe we are uh, less than courteous toward our mate mm-hmm. or our children. Mm-hmm. We, we may snap at the kids. Kids, why don't you just be quiet and go? And we say it not quite so kindly to another room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the, uh, what, what, what do you think, Kurt, for you? Like what's, what's your main vulnerability area as you look at those acronyms you just threw out there? What would that be for you? Uh, it's probably going to be similar to what you've articulated. Um, I can struggle with doubt yeah. and discouragement, depression. Um, I, I can allow that stinking thinking to kind of take control. And maybe I'm reading into what somebody has said or how they've said it, thinking, are they mad at me? Mm-hmm. And then your mind starts to kind of go off on that. Yeah. And then you start to think, you, you kind of suck your thumb <laughs> proverbially, like, <laughs> oh, poor me. Yeah. And, you know, I can be given toward that if I'm really honest yeah. uh, of uh, feeling sorry for myself, a pity party for one, and it's for me. <laughs> and I, I've got to fight that. I really got to fight it. Now, I, I've got a really good wife that helps me that I can discuss things with, mm-hmm. and, and she'll speak truth into my life, and, and that's helpful. But I think, I think the body of Christ, which you mentioned, even our fellow elders speaking into us, can yeah. you talk to me? Can you encourage me? Yeah. And really, that's that's the whole purpose of of counseling is to speak truth into people. Um, so when we're counseling people, somebody's coming in. How do you try to identify what they're thinking? What are, what are some questions you might ask somebody that would expose that they're given in to some of these negative ways of thinking? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that I generally do is I just let them talk and ask them how they're doing because usually yep. the, that the things that um, you know are most prominent on your heart comes comes out pretty quickly. Um, but you know to identify some of those things, you you know how how is there one one question might be you know what's what's your relationship like with your spouse or what's your relationship like with your kids? How's that? How's your home life going? You know when you talk about those type of things, that can really betray a lot of of what goes on in the heart, right? Um, how you end up speaking to your spouse in a moment of, of disagreement, you know, that can betray a lot of what the, the, the junk that's in your heart. Um, when that comes out in those moments of, of tension, I think pastor, uh, pastor Pat had said a long time ago, um, he, he talked about in a message how, um, when your when your basket gets kicked over, I don't know if you remember that, Kurt. He, t- he had a, a basket full of fruit, and uh, when your basket gets gets kicked over, what comes out? Mm-hmm. You know, and the the basket being kicked over be, meaning those stressful times in life. You know, when you're stressed and um, you're really getting rattled, what's going to come out? That's the real you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when you ask about some of those those family situations at home, um, how they relate to people at work, um, a, a big one I think is. Um, just asking about what their what their devotional life is like. You know, what what are they getting out of the Word of God? You know, it's just a simple question. What's God teaching you from His Word? Well, I really haven't been in His Word very much. Well, that that betrays a a, a pride and a confidence in self um, that can really take people down a dark path very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are just some of the questions I might ask. Uh, we use an instrument called a personal data inventory that yeah. people fill out before they come in to speak to us on many occasions. 
And it does put some emphasis on family history. And I put a lot of stock in family history. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's some of the questions that are on this particular document. Uh, do you have uh, older brothers or sisters, uh, younger brothers, sisters, any deaths in the family? What's your relationship like with your parents, in-laws, children, siblings? Mm-hmm. Were you reared by anybody other than your parents? Uh, th- those are questions. Have you ever been physically abused mm-hmm. as a child mm-hmm. or as an adult? <clears throat> Have you been sexually molested either as a child or an adult? Uh, those kind of questions often reveal some secret hurts that they've been carrying with them and they've never really dealt with them. So um, then we go on to other questions like, you know, how are you sleeping? Yeah. How many hours of sleep are you getting? Oh, yeah. If your dog tired, you're going to struggle. Yeah. That's one of my things, too, when the, on the, the acronym you said they're tired, the, the T's. You know, when I'm tired, that's when, all the, that's when the bucket gets kicked over. <laughs> because at some point when you're real mm-hmm. tired, you're just kind of like, I don't care anymore what people think. I'm just going to let it all rip, you know? <laughs> you, you're right. We, we uh, in this, this instrument called the personal data inventory, uh, also ask more direct questions toward the end. Uh, what is your problem? What brings you here today? Yeah. And we do, as you said earlier, want them to talk, mm-hmm. to spill their guts. And, and I, I think we'd both agree that we try to provide an atmosphere, an environment where they're not going to feel condemned if they're very honest about what they're going through. And I tell people regularly, I'm not here to condemn you. Yeah. I want to come alongside and encourage you, but I need to know what's going on. Yeah. Kind of like when you go to the doctor's office. So what brings you here today? <clears throat> and uh, you, you've got to, in a sense, tell them how you're feeling. And that helps the doctor. The thought, and then, the thought I have often is, who am I to condemn <laughs> because of yeah. what I've been through? You mm-hmm. know, but, but it's, we're just, uh, as the saying goes, right? We're beggars telling other beggars where to find bread. Right? So true. And then we follow that up by what have you done about your issue mm-hmm. and what do you want us to do? Because expectations can be such where uh, they can become quickly frustrated if, if, if they think we're going to do one thing and we go a different direction. Yeah. <clears throat> what, Kurt, in your estimation, just to go back to those, uh, those D words you use in your sermon, in your estimation, is there any one of those that kind of the others maybe grow out of? And, uh, and if so, you know, what's the solution to that? I have something in my mind that I was just thinking of. I just wanted to get your perspective on that. I might suggest doubt. Yeah. Simply because it reflects then on our unwillingness to really take God at his word. Yeah. Unbelief is at the root of a lot of our issues, and Satan goes for that, like he did with Eve. Yeah. Did God really say that? Right. He's holding Questions. out on you. <laughs> you could be like him. Go ahead and partake. You know, that's yeah. the way the devil works. Yeah. And we don't have our armor on when we start to doubt God's truth. Yeah. It can become a problem. What were you thinking, Paul? I was actually thinking the the disorientation, but we're we have the same line of thinking there because I think the disorientation for me. Um, I, I really think of, you know, someone who is, is, is not in God's word, right? You're vulnerable to the lies. You know, you're not renewing your mind, Romans chapter 12, right? You're not renewing your mind. Literally, you're not making it new every day. And if you're not making it new, there's a bunch of other stuff, old man stuff that's going to be taking over there. And so that's, you know, that's when people, that's when myself for sure. And when people I think start to doubt 
and they they start to deal with the discouragement and they start to you know deal with all those those issues that come from being detached from truth and so that's why i said earlier when the staff and and the other elders when i'm going through a valley they give me truth and and that's what i need that that covering of truth uh, to really ground myself back into reality. And, and uh, not that that's the only, that's certainly not the only reason that people deal with depression and things like that. We've talked about that before, but boy, it's a big factor sometimes. So Paul, when they go to the word, yeah, what do you tell them to look for? How are we supposed to implement the word of God to help ourselves when we are struggling with these mental attacks, these spiritual attacks where the devil's shooting his fiery darts at us they're landing, they're burning us. Where would you tell them to go and what would you tell them to do? I kind of want to give you a leading question here because mm-hmm. I happen to know why you choose the music you do yeah. and a common <laughs> word or, or um, quote you'll use relative to how we need to handle the word and, and what we tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, when Well, we talk a lot about you know, preaching truth to ourselves, which is one of the, you know, the things we talk a lot about music is we want to have the music full of truth. We don't mm-hmm. want the, the fluff necessarily, right? We want it to be truth. Um, and we said, I said this a couple of weeks ago and in, in, in our new members class as well, but the songs that are the best songs, I think, aren't the songs you necessarily enjoy on Sunday morning, but they're the songs that come back to you on Monday afternoon when you're doing the dishes or throwing the laundry in or, you know, the the dog runs in with its muddy paws like mine did today all over the kitchen you know oh. you need you need some uh, you need some some truth and some some peace that comes from the word of god um and so um you know we have to we have to ground ourselves and preach to ourselves truth whether that's you know songs are just a great way to bring it back you know it's a great vehicle to, to get stuck in your head uh those lyrics that go along with it but you know, I, and I, I go back, and Kurt, you've heard me say this before. Psalm one hundred three is one of those psalms that says, "Bless the Lord, O my soul." It's it's a it's a tear preaching to yourself song, and it says, "Don't forget all of its benefits." So, in other words, all of his benefits. So in other words, don't uh, don't forget everything God has already done. Remind yourself again, again, again. This is what God has done. He's been faithful all this time. He's not going to stop now. And so, it's so important. Um, to tell yourself the truth. And that seems kind of like, I don't know, that seems kind of weird to some people sometimes, but you know, we've said it before, you're, you're the preacher you listen to the most. I think I heard Pastor Pat say that many years ago. Um, you're the preacher you listen to the most. You talk to yourself all day long. Make sure that the sermon's a good one, right? Amen. That's, that's good preaching, Pastor Paul. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, not only do we need to talk to ourselves, but we need the family of God to talk to us. Yeah which is where the church comes in through the proclamation of truth, but also in our community groups. Yeah, We need people to speak into our lives. Uh, I encourage people on uh, during the context of my message to, to ask others to speak into their lives and to be accountable to them, even kind of self-report when you're being tempted. You mentioned something earlier today about your own personal family as you were discussing the message from Sunday, what you did, as we used an illustration in. Can you talk a little bit about that, how yeah. your family tried to digest a certain illustration from the message? Yeah, well, what we do, um, the the Seymour clan, we on uh, we try to have um, Sunday dinner together every Sunday. That's uh, good. And many of you you know, out there, you know how hard that is to have dinner together as families, right? It's, you, you gotta make an effort to do that. It's a great place to 
just be a family together. And um, so what we do on Sundays is my wife, she's very faithful in this, my wife, Steph, she, um, she always asks the question, okay, what did you, what do you remember from the sermon today? And that's the question we ask every Sunday and we go, we kind of make it fun. You know, we go in birth order and it gets, <laughs> it gets fun that way uh, because some people steal other people's and they, they don't get the chance to say that when they have to say something different. But, <laughs> but uh, it came to me and what I was thinking of um, this past Sunday, you had used the illustration of the, you were talking about the shield of faith and how the Romans would have the, uh, the turtle shell. I don't remember what yeah, the actual word for it was. Yeah, that one. <laughs> and uh, if I ever have a pet turtle, that's going to be its name. Um, but they would basically make a shell of shields around the column of soldiers. And uh, what I was thinking in terms of you know the shield of faith was that um, my my faith. You know, we always think of, it, of our faith in terms of just my faith, right? My faith affects me. Um, but that illustration really brings to light that my faith affects those around me as well. Uh, my faith matters to my children. My faith matters to my wife. How I live that out matters to my children and my wife and my friends and my coworkers and the other elders. My faith um, benefits them and sometimes shields and protects them as well. Um, so when, when one is weak in faith, maybe that person in the middle of the column, right, that just needs a whole bunch of protection, um, those that are stronger, and that's a biblical principle too, those that are stronger need to be looking after the weak ones. And so... You know, we're not we're not islands in our faith, right? Our faith has real ramifications for the people around us, um, especially when we live that out very visibly in front of them. I, I want to kind of put a summary for my burden uh, from what I preached on Sunday, and then I'll let you put a wrap on our podcast today, Pastor Paul, sure. by including a prayer for those who will be listening in. Uh, I really want to be sensitive toward those who may be struggling Mm. that fiery dart has landed and it's burning and it's hurting and they're they're really looking for some encouragement. So if you don't mind closing us in prayer in a moment, sure. uh, my burden was to to illustrate the fact that the the whole armor of God is a picture of Christ mm. and the gospel. As I alluded in the message, there's an old hymn, put on the gospel armor, each piece put on by prayer. Uh, prayer is the linchpin that keeps the armor together. But we need to understand who we are in Christ and what he's done for us. We need to be sure of our salvation. We need to have that righteousness applied to us by faith and then live it out. We, we need to wear the belt of truth. Not only is Christ the truth, but we need to tell the truth. We need to have on those shoes of peace by being people of peace and sharing the gospel of peace we need to take up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, put up the shield of faith, which was my theme on Sunday, by which we'll quench or extinguish all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We've got to trust the Lord and who we are in Christ. That's preaching the gospel to ourselves. Who am I in Christ? What has he done for me? I can't believe my emotions. <laughs> I can't believe my circumstances. I, I feel like I'm struggling. I need to talk to somebody. I need to pray with somebody. I need to work this through. God will help us in the body of Christ. If we do that, he's provided an armament for us. The whole armor of God is Jesus Christ and the gospel. And it's important for us to remind ourselves of that gospel, as you have so very well said. So bring us home, Pastor Paul. And put that armor every day, on every day, every morning, right? Um well, thank you, Pastor Kurt. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, just expound on what you already brought to us. And 
um, just encourage our people and myself included in our faith. And um, I, I was over the weekend, I was dra- driving to a uh, basketball tournament. And we were listening to The Hiding Place. If you've ever read that yeah. book, we listened to it, some books on tape and uh, a couple of, of things that Corey Ten Boom has said, um, specifically one, The Hiding Place. There, there are no ifs in God's world. Mm. We, we have a God that we place our faith in. Uh, that has the end from the beginning planned, and his plan is for our good as his children. And um, she says elsewhere, she says, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Amen. And uh, I love that. And that's our encouragement to you today, um, to trust the unknown future um, that you look out and maybe have some fear and trepidation about, but you can trust that unknown future to a known God who loves you, has given his son Jesus for you to die in your place, to rise again so that you could have life as well. And that gospel affects us every day and um, we can live it. We can trust in it and we can be thankful for it. So pastor Kurt, thank you again. Let's pray together. Thank you. God, we do thank you that you are a trustworthy God, a God that is worthy of all of our faith, all of our trust, Help us to preach the truth to ourselves, I pray, especially for those that are going through a valley right now. Mm -hmm. They would be preaching the truth to themselves, um, that you you are a God that heals all their diseases. Mm -hmm. You are a God that pulls them up out of the pit. You are a God that has uh, separated their sins. If they're a believer right now, you've separated their sins as far as the east is from the west, that you don't treat them Uh, the way that their sins deserve to be treated, but you treat them with loving compassion and kindness. And uh, God, we thank you that you are that type of God. And would you comfort those that need it today? Would you help us uh, in in a brand new way, even right now, to put our faith once again in the God who is sovereign over all and loves us? We pray uh, these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Have a great week.